Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It is. And The Zone Sports Network. He fires the three over Conley. No good. Gobert rebounds with seven seconds. Outlets to Donovan. Cross half court with four. No look past Conley. Right corner three. Pow! And uh, as the horn sounds and the Jazz go up by eight. 81-72. Donovan off the bounce. Three straight away. Good. Donovan having a pretty darn good quarter. He's got 15 points on the night. Seven rebounds, four assists. And that's his third three. Two of them here in this second and third quarter. 12-point Jazz lead. And here comes Seti Osman down by 11. Nice job by Gobert getting back defensively and then blocking Osman at the rim. Wow, what a play. Three on one break. Cross-court pass. Bogdanovich for three. Boyan. All right. Jazz win. Oh, that buzzer sound from Locke was incredible. We need to <laughs> we need to pull that immediately. <laughs> that needs to be the sound when when Gordon is or or myself, I'll throw myself in here, when we have a particularly windy take that's gone on for several minutes. I haven't heard a sound like that since I was in the bathroom. But I heard somebody in the stall next to me. That's gross. And Exactly. That's exactly the moment that that drop was made for, right there. If Gordon makes a terrible bathroom joke, that drop needs to cut him right off. They call that a growler. All right. You can't have any fun on this show ever. Yeah, the jazz. Mm. Well, the Cavs are really bad. Yeah, that helps. Uh, that does help. But the Jazz did play better, uh, particularly Bogdanovich, who was very good with uh, with 28 points. Probably could have been more if the Jazz weren't comfortably ahead uh, <clears throat> there in the fourth quarter. Really, everybody played well. Gordon, six Jazz players in double figures. George Niang had eight, so could have easily have been seven Jazz players in double figures. And I think probably the best news of all and where I kind of wanted to start the conversation today, this was Rudy Gobert's best game. In a while, he looked good. Like maybe in in maybe in a month. And what I liked best about it, and we I I talked to Ben Anderson about this on the post game, Gordon. Rudy got his touches, and he was eight of nine uh, getting field goals. And you know, he Bogdanovich was throwing him lobs and between the legs passes of the other team, and you know, all sorts of stuff. But the point is, it did not feel forced. It's felt like they've been trying to force it to Rudy at times in the last few so, games. Okay, so let me interrupt you and ask you a question. How do you think that happened? Was it because the Jazz were doing it right or the Cavs were doing it wrong? I think it was the, the Cavs were doing it wrong that led to the Jazz doing it right. I, I think I, I hate these comparisons, but since Austin was in a play, he'll get it. Uh, it, it was a dress rehearsal. I mean, the Cavs' defense is so bad, it provides very little resistance. You, you, the Jazz could have done whatever they wanted out there last night. Looked so like it. it was an opportunity for the Jazz to really work on getting it right. And I, I thought that was more the point. I, so I think the Cavs were that bad, but it allowed the Jazz to work on their stuff. Was it? Was it? Be, did you think it was because the Cavs were unable to do it, or was it because they were doing it wrong? Oh, it's because there's because just, you know what teams are doing here. We we know that they're, they're making it more complicated for Rudy. I mean, this this sounds rude, but there was just so little effort from the Cavs on defense that 
I, I mean, right, wrong, indifferent. I don't, I don't think they cared one way or another. I mean, Colin Sexton is just out there to get a bunch of points, which yeah. he did, by the way. Yeah. 11 of 17 shooting and 32 points. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's not out there to stop anybody. Next time Kevin Love plays defense will be the first. Why do players – this irritates me. Who, who ingrains this into players' minds that that's okay? I mean, I understand roles, and I get it that if you're going to expend a lot of energy scoring and whatnot, that it's you want to preserve yourself somewhere on the court. But it seems to me like somewhere it became fashionable, not just fashionable, it became okay for players to be that way. And it bugs me, and I know it bothers you because you've always been about two-way guys. 100%. And, well, Gordon, I mean, this is the, the same team. That when their coach got fired because they lose so many games and it was such a disaster that their major complaint about their coach was he made them work too hard. (laughs) And it's a 17-win team. And one of the complaints about Beeline was he made them work on fundamentals. Well, I got news for you. You've won 17 games. You really need to work on fundamentals. And Mm -hmm. you know what? You probably need to practice more. And so I, I think there's a there's a big flag right there, and you bring in J.B. Bickerstaff, who's kind of a more pro-player type guy, and you wonder why a team doesn't go out there and give any effort. It's because the, the, that's what the culture is, is in Cleveland right now, and they don't want to get better well, that's, because yeah. they want a draft pick, and they're going to rebuild Maybe. and break it all down. But, but I mean, it, there's no incentive for them to try, and they com- don't. It comes at a great cost of culture. And that's I know that's a popular word these days. We use it a lot, but... It, it it does. It comes somewhere you've got to instill in your players that they have to go out and play hard. And that's not what I saw out of the Cavs, and that's not what I see out of certain teams. And if they're if they're uh, if they're if they're just taking a dive in order to get a better pick, I get it. You need talent, but you better spin that wheel in a hurry to get that changed. That whole identity, that whole idea. That you can coast, and it's all right. And it's uh, not just all right, it's uh, facilitated by the club for which you play. That's a difficult thing. But as far as the Jazz go, when the Jazz shoot the ball well, whether it's the defense being poor or they're feeling it, when they are hitting their shots, that is a different team. And I understand that defense is still important with this team, but... This team is built to score, and when they don't score, it's almost like you're, you're watching just some kind of clown show. Yeah. And and they lose interest, and then they press, and then every, everything falls apart. And when Bogdanovich is hitting 10 of 19 shots and scoring 28 points, man, that goes a long way. And he's been in a slump. And, uh, you know, Joe Ingles is not shooting, uh, but... As you mentioned, you have all those players in double digits, and that sure makes everything easier. And the Jazz shoot fifty-seven percent. Um, so, a couple thoughts on that. They hit they hit half their their three pointers. Yeah, they were great. They make twenty threes. They're going to win. I mean, they've done that three times in their franchise history. Make twenty threes. So, I mean, it's it's not something that happens every night, but but they're certainly going uh, going to win. But that was that was my point when we were having that discussion after the Bogdanovich one of eight game. You want him shooting. He needs to shoot. 
He's the second most impre- important offensive player on the team, and he's a great shooter and a great player. And so he has an off couple of nights. Doesn't mean he needs he needs to shoot. He needs so, to take all. He needs to take nineteen shots. Okay, so to review that, if he hits three of nineteen, is are you keep still... going, man. Yeah, this is not this is not Trey Burke. This is Boyan Bogdanovich, NBA veteran assassin. But you're going to lose games that way. But you might lose them if he shoots seven shots. But that's, I mean, this whole three-point where the league is going is all based on the averages eventually becoming true. Yeah. And you'll lose the, you'll shoot yourself out of fewer games than you shoot yourself in. That's sure. the that's the point of the of the exercise. And I don't always agree with that necessarily, but in the case of somebody like Bogdanovich, who's one of the best, what, got to say 15 shooters on the this very planet Earth, Hoist away, sir. <laughs> you shoot to your heart's content. Uh, he wants to play for you. Hey, that's I, I guarantee that's what Quinn Snyder and every member of that team is telling him. Because well, he's he's the one who can do it, and and he looked uh, he looked terrific last night. And you mentioned Joe Ingles, one of two shots, just five points. Dude had eight assists and three boards. Yeah. Joe had a good game. Yeah, he played. Joe played well, and that's two games in a row actually that Joe's looked really really good coming off the bench. Two out of three, and maybe that Boston game he needed to kind of digest the new role. But I'll tell you what, I don't care if Joe Joe scores five points if he plays like that. And is a key playmaker for his team, and is out there hustling and, and, and making guys, everybody look better. And other guys are scoring, so you don't need his scoring, and he's he's helping with that with the with the dimes that you're talking about. And okay, that works. And he can be a playmaker with that bench unit. You know, we talked about him standing in the corner with the starters because other other guys needed the ball. Well, hey, let let Joe the point guard have a have a go at it with the bench unit. Doesn't seem like a terrible idea to me. Do you think this is a good time for this road trip, then? Yeah. Well, yeah, and they're playing some bad teams where they can hone it up a little bit. Boston will be tough on Friday, but you have that uh, on game one of a back-to-back. Rather have that on the front end. Give yourself a a chance. Plus, maybe there will be a little redemption in the air. You want to go prove that you can beat those guys? They actually played pretty well against Boston here, but maybe you can drum up some revenge energy and go out there and steal one there. But, yeah, I think this is not a bad time for a road trip. I'm a, I'm a big believer in Mighty Mo. I'm not talking about the battleship. The Simpsons I, uh, character? No, momentum is, is powerful. And you see the Knicks beat the Rockets last night? Well, yeah, and that wasn't even the biggest story at Madison Square Garden where they told Spike Lee, the <laughs> the world's most famous NBA fan, that he had to use a different entrance <laughs> than the one he's been coming in for 30 years. I, could, I mean, what was his response? Has he responded? Oh, yeah. Spike Lee? Oh, yeah. What he went he on ESPN this morning and, and basically said he just it was personal and and uh he refused to leave basically he was mm-hmm. on some elevator and they had him like surrounded by security Jeez. he told him to cuff him yeah he did like like charles cuff me like charles oakley you haven't seen the I, uh, and then the the next well do you want to get into this next cuz this we, is, can. the, we can't file this into one of the most ridiculous but, but, things but, but, to happen my point with what i was saying is that the Jazz, even though they're playing the Knicks, uh, they might have to continue on their upward swing in order to handle that. Because if the Knicks are good enough to beat the Rockets, they're good enough to beat the Jazz. Well, I would certainly pick the Jazz. And, you know, the Jazz defense was better but not terrific last night. So, I mean, you still got things you got to tighten up. There's no doubt about it. Is everyone in a better mood because the Jazz won last night? You know, and people feeling a little better? 
Uh, yeah, I think people are feeling better, and they're going to play. Spring th- football has started, so maybe that puts people in a good mood. I don't know. How about the misfortunes of others like Spike Lee? Okay, so explain that to our listeners. I really just want to get into it because I just want to get to how ridiculous the Knicks' reaction has been to all of this. So here's the long and short of it. Spike Lee goes into the employee entrance to go to Knicks games. He spends about 300 k a year on season tickets, and he's easily the most recognizable NBA fan short of Jack in L.A., right? And certainly important to the Knicks. Important to the Knicks, and and if, if— anything for free advertising because Spike Lee goes to your games and he actually pays for the privilege. (laughs) A a little aside, Gordon, you know, uh, you're a Hollywood celebrity. The Hollywood celebrities get gifted all these like gift bags and stuff like that where people are just begging them to use their whatever watches shoes uh-huh. whatever the case may be and they get all this free crap because they just want them to wear it mm-hmm. because it's it's kind of an endorsement of such yeah they, not, they don't just get it for free they're paid to wear it so they get big time these companies get value out of their value right right spike lee is actually giving you money to give you that value <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, and this sounds really entitled, but Spike Lee, you, you come in wherever you want yes. to. You know, you, uh-huh. you are a big part of that franchise, whether they acknowledge it or not, which they absolutely should. But he goes in the employee entrance like he always does. Uh, he basically, security says, hey, you have to go through the VIP entrance. He says, okay, all right, and gets on the elevator and uh, basically ignores security. He gets to where he's going. And there's a whole security team waiting for him when he gets off the elevator. And basically, they were going to make him walk outside and uh, go around to the VIP entrance. And he, he said, arrest me like you did Charles Oakley, okay, so according to Spike Lee. What the hell's going on here? Who laid the order down? Who needs to be fired? This is so stupid. I'm sure that this comes from ownership. Because this statement, now here's the Nick statement. Because So Spike Lee goes and tells his side of the story on ESPN this morning. And this is the Nick statement. And it, it is remarkable that this is coming from a professional franchise. So, so brace yourself okay, here. Okay, here we second. go. Right, I've heard that it was bad. It says, the idea that Spike Lee is a victim because we have repeatedly asked him not to use our employee entrance and instead use a dedicated VIP entrance, which is used by every other celebrity who enters the garden is laughable. It's disappointing that Spike would create this false controversy to perpetuate drama. He is welcome to come to the garden anytime via the VIP or general entrance, just not through our employee entrance, which is what he and Jim agreed to last night when they shook hands. And then attached to the the statement is a picture of like a grainy, crappy photo of Jim Dolan and Spike Lee shaking hands. What is the problem? What difference does it make other than someone trying to toss his weight around? Who cares if Spike Lee comes through the employee entrance? Why are people so freaky about this kind of thing? It's it's a it's got to be a, a weird power play, right? I it's mean, it's, it's so got to be strange uh, to me. I mean, are you kidding me? The Knicks should be glad that Spike Lee still cares. And the fact that he wants to come through the employee entrance, and and for anyone to suggest that he should come through the general admission doors, he's Spike Lee, just for his security. That should never be an option. I I just, these letter of the law folks, I just have a problem with. 
And and I don't know whether it comes from Jim Dolan or whether it comes from somebody who's been appointed head of whatever. But to think that you need to flex your muscle that way is just ridiculous. And if you're one of those people, please hear me out right now. Ease up. It's okay. You don't always have to live by the letter of the law. I don't care what the rule is. And I'm not talking about indulging people. This is Spike freaking Lee. You know, I mean, I think everybody knows who he is. Well, I just think, you know, basic business sense, there's a certain way to treat your customers and a certain way not to. And, yes, big customers sometimes get, you know, certain leeway that other big customers don't. I mean, this is America. It's, it's what makes the world go round. The, the thing that I, the, the, that I want to point out is the NBA is 100% the golden goose. Do you know what is still the number one most valuable NBA franchise is? I imagine it would be the Knicks. It's the Knicks. And they still sell out that garden for ludicrous prices, even though the team hasn't been relevant in 20 years. And it is amazing that a a business can be run so incredibly poorly, and they still come out golden on the other side. It is amazing. It is the best business model in history. Ask, Ask Donald Sterling. He sold his franchise... For what was it, Gordon? Two billion billion dollars. And he had to be amongst the worst owners in sports. What are the Redskins worth now? I mean, I know it's a different sport, but this is why sports are so unbelievably valuable from a from a business standpoint. Because in nowhere else would you be able to treat your I don't know, most valuable customer like that and still have that. I mean, this is just the the tip of the iceberg, right? And you're still in business, and you're still the most valuable franchise in the NBA? That's incredible. It's incredible. So when Spike said, arrest me, what did they do? He eventually, I mean, that's where the handshake with Dolan came in. Like, they, they, I guess, came to let him go to his seat and came to some sort of understanding. But, I mean, he still went on TV and blasted him today. Oh, and he said he's not going to go to any more games this this season. So how is that productive? I mean, if I'm a Knicks fan, I think it's cool that Spike Lee is there. Just like if I'm a Lakers fan, Jack Nicholson being in his seat, that makes me feel good. Well, it's somebody like that's endorsement of your product is is invaluable. I mean, I mean, I know we have fewer examples here, but when when the the celebrities at Sundance come down and go to games, that's good. That's really good for the Jazz. When I know he's a proud Salt Laker, but when uh, Ty Burrell on Modern Family, when Phil Dunphy's here, when Mitt Romney's here, that's good for the Jazz. That's free advertising for the Jazz. In fact, they're probably paying for the right to be there. And you could have that infamous picture of Mitt Romney holding up the four fingers, you know, and all that. I mean. Talk to a marketing person that there's actually monetary value in that. Do the Knicks not know this? Uh, Franchises that can be run that way and still be valuable are a disgrace to their industry. Because they set a poor example for other franchises that can't get away with that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's discouraging, man. It's, it's, It's. well, I, mean, it's I, I don't know Spike Lee. I mean, I've never talked with him. But I'm just telling you right now, man, that guy is important. And when I think of Spike Lee, I think of the Knicks and I think of the NBA. I don't want to think of him not showing up because you're kicking him out. 
Well, the Knicks beat the Rockets last night, which is a huge win for their franchise. And what's the dominating topic across the country in sports today? Spike Lee. And the Knicks are idiots. Yeah, they're dumb. It's true. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more next. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.